welcome to Retro Rewind, Pinal Central's sports-themed podcast where we talk to Pinal County athletes and coaches. This episode is brought to you by Jones Ford Buick GMC, serving Arizona since 1970. Stop in today at North Pinal Avenue to see their great selection of new and pre-owned vehicles or shop online at Jones Buick GMC Casa Grande. You'll be glad you did. Everybody and welcome back to another retro rewind episode. Joining us today is a former Coolidge High School legend. Uh, Alvin Moore was a football player for the Bears. He also played a bit of basketball and ran track. And after all that, you know, he went up to ASU and also played professionally in the NFL. We're going to get into all this in just a second. But Alvin, thanks for joining us today. Yes, thank you for having me. So, just starting off with that, you know, what was it like for you uh, growing up in Coolidge? Growing up in Randolph, uh, it was fun. I mean, all the kids, we had fun. We played and uh, did all kind of things, you know, growing up. All right, and how was it that you got interested in sports? Uh, probably at an early age, we used to play uh Flag football, basketball, uh, out in the dirt field out there, and we had rims, uh, bike rims for basketball, and backboards, and we played probably early age, I'll say between probably six on up playing. Yeah, Alvin, you know, you've played a lot of sports in your time, you know, in high school down in Coolidge and everything, you know, track, basketball, football, just, what, was there a sport that you, you know, obviously, you, you know, you, you made a, a career out of football, but was there a sport that you specifically liked, you know, playing the most, or was it just kind of trying to be out there and be active as much as possible? Well, mostly being active, because I played all sports, football, basketball, softball, baseball, little league, uh, volleyball, I, I, I could play all of it. Yeah, that's great. And then, you know, moving on, just, you know, with, with Coolidge, you know, being a small community, did you feel like it was just, you know, what, what was it like just going to high school there and just kind of being around uh, a small community where, you know, you can find a good group of friends and everything like that? What was the high school life like for you, uh, along with your impressive sports record there? Well, I had a good, good friend in high school. I mean, you know, we had... We didn't have any issues. I mean, we all got along, got together, and hung out and did things and uh, went to the swimming pool. I mean, we did, we did a lot of things, you know. Wasn't no uh, animosity or anything going on growing up when I was a kid, growing up in Randolph and Coolidge. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, back on your, your, your sports career in Coolidge, you, 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 were, you were a stud athlete, to put it, to put it lightly. You know, you, you received a lot of recognition and, and awards for your time just there, and you were – Obviously, a, a very you know highly touted athlete in the Coolidge area and in the county. So, what what did that kind of recognition feel to to receive it, and what was that like, kind of in that sense of, of seeing of people seeing your talents and recognizing you know what what kind of athlete you were back then? Well, really, you know, I didn't. It really, it really uh, didn't dawn on to me too much later. I mean, but all I was doing was playing because you know my first coach that really. Got me involved in uh, sports with Mr. Raul Garcia when he was at Kenilworth Elementary School. You know, he was a, a big figure in starting off my athletics, especially, you know, my father, you know, so, and, you know, other coaches could do long, 
everyone along, like Coach Folks and, you know, and Mr. Hawkins and, you know, Mr. Bohavi coaches, you know. But, yeah, my early on, I was in playing Little League. I mean, it was Mr. Walker, he was a coach, you know. So he, it was they pretty good coaches along the way, you know, encouraging kids, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, speaking on that, uh, it, it really – a great coach can do a lot of good things for, for, for an athlete and everything. And just – so you seemed like you had a lot of mentors out there and everything. So how much of an impact did those people that were, you know, by your side and pushing you to be better, how much of an impact did they play just not only on your, your high school career but your, your later career and just in life? Well, yeah, like, not impact. Especially Mr. Garcia, I mean, he was a, he was a start. Like I said, from Kettleworth, and then from that point on, I mean, I had good coaches. You know, uh, my father played a role, you know, uh, in what we did, you know, especially academically and playing sports and building us as uh, young men from working in the summers throughout, I don't know, at our house. We had to work and we had to do things. I mean, you know, you had to keep your grades up. You had to do chores. You had to go out and do work. Alvin, you graduated high school in 1978. Were you part of the state championship football team in 77? Yeah, that was me. Yeah, 77. We won a state championship in uh, football. We won a basketball state championship in 76. Back to back basketball championship. I was on the, yeah. All right. So just what were those experiences like for you? I mean, uh, you were state champion basketball back to back. And then... Um, you know, you followed that up with also a state championship in football. Yes, yes. Basketball tournament, I was the captain of the all-tournament team. I won that award. Uh, and uh, football, you know, football was football. You know, I ran for 2,000 yards, uh, 36 TDs. I was one touchdown away from uh, breaking the state record, which, you know, by – any mean necessary, I could have broken, but I mean, I had maybe 20 touchdowns called back that year, so. <laughs> but, you know, it was, it was a team honor, you know. We did things as a team. Mr. Bohavi stressed it, you know, and uh, everything came together. Was there any pressure for you, uh, given the success that both of these teams had? No, no. We were just playing. Mr. Partain was was a great coach there with Incoos. He was a great mentor, a great, great man of God. And he stressed that to us kids, basketball coach, Mr. Joe Fortane. You know, he's, and, uh, no, it wasn't any, wasn't any pressure on me. I mean, it was a team thing. You know, I always tried to stay within the team concept. It was never about me. Yeah, and then, you know, moving onward to, uh, you know, after a great successful career at, at, at Coolidge, you, you get a chance to get a scholarship from Arizona State, which is a, a, a scholarship like that is not a, not a lot of things that a lot of people can say that they received and were able to accomplish. So what was that feeling like? What was that process like to be scouted but also make that decision to, to, to commit to Arizona State for four years like that? Yeah, well, I, initially I was going to go to Oklahoma, University of Oklahoma, because I had a lot of schools offer me scholarships that I I was going to go to Oklahoma at first because my uh, cousins went there, the Selman brothers, Lucius Leroy and Dewey Selman, all from played at the University of Oklahoma. I was going to go there at first, and, and then I changed my mind to stay, stay home locally and go to school. But, yeah, Arizona State was a great deal. I mean, Coach Cush, you know, he, he molded men. <laughs> he was a tough coach. You know, he was a good coach. He was, you know, 
So it was yeah. a great experience with it. Yeah, and then, you know, uh, you said you were kind of in between Arizona State and Oklahoma. So was was being home and being more local kind of the, the main deciding factor in that decision to, to choose Arizona State, or was there some other stuff that you wanted to that you that, that kind of swayed you into staying home and staying local in Arizona? No, I just I decided, you know, to stay. I was going to go to Oklahoma, like I said, because I, I went to Texas, Oklahoma. U of A was in consideration, you know, but – I didn't know the rivalry aspect of it until I got the ASU, but the ASU and U of A, you know. So, but, yeah, U of A was all that. It was, they were in the running, too. But, yeah, I just chose to go to ASU, you know, and stay local. Yeah, and, then, you know, obviously there's there's a lot of differences between, you know, playing at the high school level and playing at the college level. You know, you're you're on a bigger stage. You're, usually your games are on TV and everything like that. So just kind of what – what were some, but for you, what were some of the changes that you realized or, and you found out about when you moved on from high school level to college level? How much was the game different or was it different at all? Just kind of, what were some of those changes that you saw when you put on that ASU uniform and, and started playing college ball? Well, some of the first difference was, I mean, you know, they were bigger. I mean, because, uh, you know, I started as a freshman at ASU and, uh, we, uh, we did a C, uh, Southern California. 28 as a freshman, and when they, those guys came out on the field, I was like, man, we're playing grown men. You know, the guys are so big, <laughs> you know, compared to what I was used to seeing, you know, you know, six, eight, six, nine linemen, you know, and after that team, you know, went uh, first or second round in the NFL draft because he had some big kids. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just with with that, you know, just kind of what was the experience like just in general of playing in college? You know, you started as a freshman, which is a, a, a pretty big deal in, in, in just sports in general when you throw a freshman out there who's getting his first real taste of college football and everything. So what was the experience like just playing at ASU in general? Well, it was just being competitive. You know, I'm a competitive person, so, you know, my nature to go out there and do what I was going to do, and, you know, and, Everybody else is going to have to catch up, you know. So, but we had a bunch of pretty good running backs there at ASU. We had a whole, uh, actually, we had, a, I'll say, five, six really good backs. Came, we had four come in with me. Me, uh, Willie Giddens, I mean, Gerald Riggs, who played for the Falcons, and had Robert Weathers play for the Patriots. And then we had uh, Tony Scott, and we had George Graves. Mike Harris, we had Turtle Lane. We had some pretty good backs there. So, yeah, it was it was a matter of competition every day. You know, you might come out there and do your best to keep your position, especially with Coach Kush, because, you know, from day one, it's hit, hit, and you're hitting. So. We <laughs> also got to point out here that while you were doing all this, you were also a criminal justice major. Now, you mentioned that it, it's not just sports with you. You know, academics also – played um, a big part for you. Uh, what was it like balancing that, being a college football player, but also a criminal criminal justice major? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I went, I, I went in there because my father worked at the uh, sheriff's department, you know. I worked there in the sheriff's department my sophomore year, summer job from ASU. I worked at the, at the county jail, you know. It was an experience, a uh, learning process is how the uh, that system works. And uh, But, yeah, it was School, you know, school was school was school. You know, you had to go get your 12 hours to get them done, you know. Yeah, and then, you know, Alvin, how hard was it to, to balance the, the two? You know, we, we hear a lot of where, you know, they're student athletes, so they have to juggle both 
practices, games, film sessions, and then also on top of that, they have to balance, you know, regular schoolwork where it becomes homework, projects, tests, and stuff like that. So kind of what was what was it like for you just to have to balance those two and kind of find a happy medium in between football work and then also just schoolwork? Well, at ASU, I mean, at that time, we had study hall, like 5 or 6 in the morning. I think it was like 6. So you had to go to study hall, then go, and then you go from study hall, then you go do your classes. From there, it was lunch, and then about 3.30, you're out there on the practice field practicing. So from about 3.30, could be from 3.30 to 6 or 3.30 to 7, depends on how many mistakes uh, the you make out there on the field, especially with Coach Cush, you set that clock back, and you'd be starting practice all over again. So, but it was, it was all right. I mean, it was, it was just, you just had to apply yourself and do what you needed to do. Yeah, I mean, but on that, it was. It seems like a pretty kind of you know very strict and to the time schedule at that point. You know, with both you know the study halls and then also the practices and everything. So, did, did that take a toll on you at all, or was it more just kind of this is what I have to do if I want to be successful? Yeah, it was just what I had to do. You know, especially to yeah to maintain your uh, your twelve hours, your twenty four hour credits each semester. So yeah, it's just something that you had to do. You had to get it done. Can you walk us through your emotions during your your first college game? Coming out, uh, you mentioned it, uh, kind of being taken back a bit, seeing the opposing team and how they were much bigger than the guys you were playing against against in high school. But also, you know, just playing in a bigger bigger field in front of a, a a bigger crowd, and just being this kid from Randolph who's now playing on this big stage. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't phase me because once I stepped out on the field, you know, I had enough confidence. I was gonna do what I needed to do, as long as everybody else did their assignments and jobs. You know, it didn't phase me. I I was ready for ready to go. You know, mentally, because that stage, if it's Camp Thomas on with Coach Cush, he prepares you. You know, to ready in all situations because you you, you run through game situations in practice. You have Camp Thomas on you hitting. You you learning the system, you know, and it, the coaches did a great job. I mean, getting people ready and, and get ready to play ball. I mean, because you know they that's what their job. So and then there's a lot of competitions at ASU between the coaches and offense defense, which made a difference too. Like game like situations through practices that the coaches prepared you for. Yeah, you, you, so you keep talking a lot about Coach Cush and everything, and just how much of an impact did he play on you? You talked about how he was he was tough on you guys, but he also seemed to really care about you guys and wanted you guys to be successful as as successful as possible and try to give you the tools to do that. So, how much of an impact did Coach Cush have on you? Coach Cush had a, a big impact. The same with my high school coach, Coach Bohavi was was a great man. I mean, he he, he coached coached me one year. Two years, but he had a great influence. I mean, because he was strict, just he's the type of coach like Coach Cush, you know, no nonsense. You know, the same way my father was the same way, no nonsense. Go out there, do what you need to do, minimal mistakes, and uh, you know, so I had pretty good coaches, and you know, yeah, absolutely, all on the same, all on the same playing field. They said same thing in mind, you know, so. Yeah, even though it may be on a, a slightly bigger stage, it's still the same game and still the same parameters on the field, right? Yep, same game, same. Uh, it's a matter of making mistakes, less mistakes, and then more focus on what you have to do 
Yeah, and then you know you, you spent four years at ASU and everything, so you kind of you kind of found a sense of you know home, I, I assume, out there and everything like that. So just kind of some of the time towards the end of your uh, Sun Devil career and everything. What were some of the feelings like for you, and just kind of what what was it like to kind of just kind of end your time in college there and just spend so much time there at, at, at ASU? Well, I mean, I was young, so I'm gonna take I. Uh... It really didn't save me. I was just go, going through going through stages of of life, doing what I needed to do, and uh, that thing is just like pro football. I wouldn't really think about pro football, but once I uh, said I had to go had the combines and all the other things, then it, it clicked into me that you know I had a possibility of having a chance to play pro football because that was never on my mind the whole time I was at ASU. So. You mentioned going professionally, but this was after you spent all four years in college. Nowadays, that's just a rarity to see um, guys stay that long. You mentioned that playing professionally wasn't really something you thought about. Um, When did it finally become an option for you that you thought, you know what, yeah, I want to do this? Well, after my senior year at ASU, uh, you know, because I started having all the, the coaches and stuff, the scouts and whoever, you know, talking up. And then we had these at the NFL combine and other things, you know. So then I started, you know, started thinking about it more. Yeah, what, what was that, just kind of that process of, of realizing, cause, you know, the NFL only really takes the best of the best and everything like that. So just kind of what what was that kind of process like of realizing that, I could do this, and then leading up to, to the draft and everything. What was that whole process, and what, what were you thinking during that time? Well, you know, first it started with the uh, combine in Indianapolis. So, you know, I went to the combine in Indianapolis, uh, did all the uh, workouts, and and then, you know, yeah, the coaches would call you, and then some coaches would come in and then time you in the 40 and, and uh, the vertical jumps and all this little exercise they had for you. And then that's when it really kicked in and okay maybe there's an opportunity here you know to play so you know that's it and i just I, you know at that time and i said okay i'll try to perform the best i can do whatever the tests they have me doing so and see where it go from here yeah and then you know after the combine we obviously get to the draft and everything and and, and a lot of people kind of you know it, it's nervous times for them where they they, they have to Kind of wait around and, and, and hope that their their name would be called and everything like that. So what was that? What were those feel? What were those feelings and kind of just in that waiting process of hopefully trying to hear your name? Oh yeah, that's that's the process because yeah, you you have people calling you uh, during the draft or you know that hey we may take you this pick or whatever and then if, when they don't take you then you know you kind of upset you. You know, because you already spoke to a person and they say, well, we may draft you this pick and then they don't, and then they draft someone else. You get kind of frustrated, you get frustrated, but you know, that's, that's life though. Yes, it's just, you got to deal with it, you know what I'm saying? It's, you're not in control, so why do I lose it? You know, you just need to maintain your patience and, and be patient. Yeah, and then, you know, you you had to you had to be patient and you had to be patient for quite a while because then, but you finally, it, it paid off because you, where you heard your name called in the seventh round. You were drafted by the Baltimore Colts, and and so what was what was what was those feelings when you finally got that call? And, and the wait was over. You, you 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 got the you were you got what you were hoping for and everything. And what was that call to hear that like? Kind of take us through that. Well, I said I said about time. <laughs> I told 
told him thank you, and uh, I do my best to live up to being drafted by the coach. And okay, so you you get the call. It's Baltimore. Uh, what were your thoughts in that moment? You know, you're an Arizona kid through and through, uh, playing, uh, living in Randolph, staying in Tempe, and now you got to go across the country to the cold. Well, you know what I didn't think about the cold. I mean, because. You know, I think I was like, uh oh, reunited back with Coach Chris. I'm, I'm saying how this journey is going to go. <laughs> because the first few years he was at Arizona State, he got fired. You know, so in my sophomore season, so then I was reconnecting back with Coach Chris. You know, so once he drafts me and went to Baltimore, we had a long conversation, you know, about expectations and things and how, you know, the pro game works. And uh, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a totally a new experience. I mean, because once you get there, I mean, with pro football, it's, it's a lot of politics. It's not all. It's not always about who's the best. Politics and money. <laughs> I'm gonna put it like that. Okay, you, you spent five seasons out there with the Colts. Just what was all of that like for you? Just playing professionally. Well, I spent two years with the coach, one in Baltimore, then we moved in Indianapolis in uh, 84. The overnight thing, they was had on the newspaper, that team moved in the middle of the night. Uh, and then I spent two years in Detroit, well, actually three years in Detroit and a half of the season. For that. Yeah, and then, you know, uh, going on from that, you know, you, you well, not a lot of people get to the NFL. Obviously, it's one of the most competitive sports out there. It's one of the most competitive leagues out there when it comes to football. So, kind of, what was that feeling like walking out onto that field for the first time when you were with the Colts and everything? And you know, it's, it's, it's a, I'm sure it's a whirlwind of emotions and everything like that. So, just kind of, what was that experience like to finally be able to, to be on the NFL field and kind of look around and take it all in? Well, you know, once they finally do the final cut, that's when you can breathe. <laughs> You know, and, and you walk into the locker room and, you know, and see that your name tag is still on your locker. That's your first day when you walk in. And then from that point on, it's time to start, you know, getting the film studies in. And then you, you start the planning of the, the scene, the coaches, you know, I mean, what they're working with. Because, you know, you got five running backs and, and two fullbacks and three tailbacks. You know, they didn't have no... uh practice squad and all these things that got nothing in the NFL when I came in. If you didn't make the, uh, the roster, you, you, it wasn't no practice squad, wasn't no IR, IR team like you got now. You, you wasn't with 54, I think it was, whatever it was. If you didn't make that, you, you know, you wasn't on the team, wasn't no tech. Like I say, teams that got like now, they got taxi squad and whatever, all these football squads they got now. Players just sitting back. If you didn't make the top 54, where it was, you didn't make it. Yeah, you know, it's, it was definitely a little bit more cutthroat in, the, in those areas where it was just you either, like you said, made the team or you didn't have a job. So I'm sure that was a, a, another crazy emotion for you. But then when you finally make the team and everything, you you put in some work with with the Colts and everything. Your first year, you, you score your first touchdown. You know, what what was that like? Just kind of take me through that. That play of you know you fight you get into the end zone for the first time you score your first you know NFL pro touchdown what what was that like for you? Well, I mean it was it was like a counter play you know uh, 
I ran like I think like thirty, forty yard T T I ran the first T I scored, uh in the pro it was hey, it was uh it was a great season. Like first one I got the I, I have the uh I have the ball now from from that game. So yeah, it was a it was a great experience, you know. Great feeling. Okay, so you played for the Colts um, partially in Baltimore and then when they made the move over to Indianapolis. You also played for the Detroit Lions and then you wrapped up with the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, throughout your whole professional career, we, we talked about getting the call when you're drafted, your first touchdown, but what's a memory that really stands out for you from that time? It's, uh, my first memory is a business. It's a business. I can. That was my first memory uh, because of how I see. I could see certain players that was real good players that had talent, but were getting cut, <laughs> which was I real eye opener for me. You know, because I was like, wow, this kid, this guy can play, but you know, they were they were cutting players that could play and keeping some that couldn't play. So, you know, I don't, you know, like I said, it was the politics of the game. It was eye-opening. All through that time, playing pro football, I seen, you know, I seen the politics of the game, which is, it was a real turn-off, you know, over the years. It would turn you off because, you know, if you were better than somebody, and, they would, and if they drafted them or whatever, they gave more money than another player, and they would cut a player that was twice as good as this player that they had already drafted or whatever, which it was a turn-off to, turn to the game. At any point, did you ever have this moment like, I can't believe this is actually my life, I'm a professional football player? No, no, because I've been playing football since fifth grade. So, but I mean, you know, I, things just happened. I guess God had a way that wanted me to play football and I was blessed to play. And, uh, I take it as that, you know, I was blessed to be the 1% because you know, only 1% of guys make pro football and in your, in your uh, likelihood of playing and for especially at my position with the running back was like two and a half years to be in the league. So, you know, I got five years there, so I was blessed, you know. God blessed me to be, be in there that long. You know, I probably could, I think I could have probably played longer if I would have moved around, but, you know, I just... At that point, I said, it's time to go get a job and uh, keep going with my life, you know. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, moving onward, you know, after football, you, you kind of find your footing and kind of being a, a both a, a supervisor and just uh, for, for Arizona Boys Ranch and uh, the Can Canyon State uh, Academy. So just kind of what was that experience like for you, just kind of being able to kind of you know, help the youth and kind of pay it forward and be a mentor to them. As I'm sure that you know, you had mentors that in your life when you were you were younger. So now it's your turn to kind of be that person for for the for the next generation. What was that like for you? Well, I, I was you know I was another deal with Coach Christmas, Bob Thomas. Uh, Coach Christmas out there. That's one of the reasons I went out there. And uh, I mean, I was Arizona Boys Ranch was was a great workplace. I mean, you work with the kids, you get, it's really rewarding, you, you see all these troubled kids, I mean, you know, we had kids from all across the country, I mean, you know, from Chicago, from, uh, Michigan, we had them Nebraska, California, uh, Nevada, 
uh, had kids from uh, Texas. I mean, it was it was a great job because you got to work with kids. You know, you could see the innocence in the kids, even though they had been through trauma situation. Even the uh, gang bang kids, you know, that these really these are really kids. You know, I mean, they just caught up in certain circumstances and situations in which they have got themselves in. You know, because of survival mode, some of them. I mean, and you know, because then they started sports out there for the kids, you know. So it was, it was Arizona Boys Ranch was a great place to work, had great staff. Mr. Thomas had great intentions on changing and helping these kids. Same way with staff, because, I mean, it was a great person to mentor all the staff and teach them how to deal with young people and kids, you know, because some of these kids, you know, they had rough backgrounds and, and then, uh, situation, you know, which the average kid doesn't go through. What was that transition like for you to become a coach? Because, I mean, ever since you were a kid, you were always the athlete. Now here you are in a different position. Well, I mean, that, that position is something I, I, I went to school for, where we in the criminal justice, but, you know, the same thing is, uh, it was, I mean, that was the best place, I, I mean, at that time to go and work and, and because I seen these kids, I mean, they did amazing things while they were there. And a lot of those kids never uh, reoffended. Yeah, we had a nice success rate there because at the time that these kids would be there, some of the kids would be there one or two years. Some of them could be three, depending on their counties. And once they got back into the county, see the Arizona Boys Ranch still tracked those kids for a year and ensured that they went to school. They went once a month. I mean, in their different counties, the Boys Ranch uh, staff would go out into those communities and uh, teach the parents how to relate and be a parent to these kids. You know, so it was one of the greatest experiences that I have ever had, you know, working there. So I worked there for almost 17, 17 and a half years. I worked at the Arizona Boys Ranch. Before I went to the juvenile detention at Maricopa County. Yeah, you know, it's, it, with your time again at Arizona Boys Ranch, like, like your time in high school, you know, you 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 not just you played a bunch of sports when you were in high school, but then now at Arizona Boys Ranch, you're coaching a bunch of different sports. You know, football, uh, basketball, soccer. You, you you kind of did it all out there. So it's kind of what kind of yeah. led you to to wanting to coach that many sports and not focus on just solely one where. You know, you you have all these accolades as being a great football coach, but you just wanted to you wanted to coach everything. What was that like? Just being just being able to lend a hand to so many different sports and so many different kids. Well, I just wanted to help. You know, that was uh, a thing that I wanted to help the kids. I mean, to become the best they could be, and and you know, let the kids. Uh, you know, you have to understand. When you're playing sports, sometimes you know, uh, as people as People being coaches, some coaches take it literally like if if they're playing, and you know you got to understand kids' talents, and every kid ain't gonna have the same talent, and you can't treat every kid the same way. Some kids you got to do more talking to, or more uh, pepping up, or or you know working with their uh, the shortcomings, and other kids you don't. Some kids, you may have to push more, you know, but you got to understand the kid. You can't be out there thinking every kid is going to be as talented as you are, as you being a coach, you know, and that's what a lot of some of these coaches I see coaching forget. 
you know, you can't drive a kid and drive a kid without tearing him down and they'll never build him back up. You know, that's just a process you have to do. You know, the same with people in life. When you're working with other people that's you know, your co-worker, you can't tear them down if you don't ever build people up or give them something that's going, you know, you got to talk about the good things they do and the bad things they do, they have to work on. That's, that's what everybody So, you know, the same way with the kids, you know, the same way when I see some coaches out there screaming and hollering and, you know, tearing kids down, but if you don't ever build them up, you know what I'm saying? You let your ego go to the side when you're coaching or, or you're dealing with people. Yeah, and, and, you know, finally coming out of that where you were able to kind of move on from that, just kind of what did you, would you say, the, well, sorry, here, what, what would you expect? I, I'm trying to think of the words right now. It's just kind of, how would, it, how would you describe your time both in the NFL and just kind of, but also, you know, coaching with, with the Arizona Boys, uh, Arizona Boys Club, you know, just kind of what was that like where you were in both in those, in both in those avenues, which is kind of, what what do you take the most pride in in that sense? Well, I take most pride in working with those kids. I mean, you know, they're playing the NFL. NFL is was a uh, let's say a, a dream come true. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and working with those kids was uh, something that I was destined to do. You know what I'm saying? That to work with those kids and, and try to help them become productive citizens and, and kids, you know, in life, you know what I'm saying? Trying to show them that they can be successful regardless of where they come or what they've been through. It's a matter of applying themselves. And, you know, and everything takes time. Nothing comes overnight, you know what I'm saying? And that's a process. You just have to work through it, you know. And, and any, any doubt is, you know, you you listen, but you but you don't take it. You don't take it to the heart, you know what I'm saying? You know, you listen to people, but you know, you got to take everything they tell you to heart. You know, you listen and be courteous. And, you know, that's tough stuff that we taught them out there. You be courteous and respectful. And, you know, it go a long ways about being angry and, and, and aggressive, you know, like a lot of those kids are used to being, you know, angry or aggressive or, you know, that was the nature of their behavior beforehand. You know, and we, we taught them different ways of dealing with anger and how to learn how to deal with life. All right. I think that does it for this episode of Retro Rewind. Again, Alvin, thank you for taking the time to join us. Yes, I thank you guys for uh, giving me the opportunity, and uh, you guys have a blessed day. This episode is brought to you by Jones Ford Buick GMC, serving Arizona since 1970. Stop in today at North Pinal Avenue to see their great selection of new and pre-owned vehicles or shop online at Jones Buick GMC Casa Grande. You'll be glad you did. Thanks for listening to Pinal Central's Retro Rewind podcast with your hosts, Maria Vasquez and David Church. Don't forget to check out PinalCentral.com for all of our local sports content. That's all for this episode, folks. Talk to you next time.